The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. I am so stoked to bring you this week's episode. It's with Ashley Tisdale, who I loved chatting with because She is so multifaceted. So of course, you may know her as an actor, but what you may or may not know is that she's also an incredible entrepreneur. She is the founder of Frenchie, which is a blog slash website and Being Frenchie, which is a product line. In today's episode, we get into everything from her journey as a founder to mental health stuff, to how she juggles being a mom and a founder, which I mean, honestly, as a business owner myself, I have so much respect for anyone who is a parent and a business owner. I feel like those are two full-time jobs in and of themselves. And so if you can juggle both, oh my God, I'm so impressed. What I love about Ashley is the fact that in this episode, you'll hear she's someone who has a lot of grit. So when I say someone has grit, I mean that they have the ability to fail, get back up and try something different instead of letting that be the thing that demotivates them and stop them from trying again. So you may not know this, but Ashley actually started a different business before she became the founder of Frenchie. And she actually failed at that. But instead of giving up, she just got up and tried again. And I think that that is the mark of a really successful founder and someone who has a lot of grit. Anyway, this episode is fantastic. I think you guys are just going to take a lot away from it and just be so motivated and and inspired by her story. So I hope you guys love it. Also, I've been getting so many DMs from new moms who have requested episodes from other women who are both entrepreneurs or busy career women while being mothers. And so I hope that this episode does that for you because Ashley, as I mentioned, has a young daughter and we get into her whole journey with motherhood as well. So I hope you guys love this episode and let's welcome Ashley Tisdale to the Dream Bigger podcast. So Ashley, you were a very successful actor. So talk me through the process of, and and I guess like the internal work that was required to go from actor to a founder, because it's it's a jump. Yes, and I yeah. feel like, you know, there's definitely like a lot that needs to happen internally for that kind of, I guess, move. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's very two different things for Absolutely. sure. I think that I've always had this side of me in me. Mm-hmm. I am a really creative person. And so I remember like maybe probably seven years ago, maybe eight years ago, telling my husband that, you know, with acting... I love it. I've done it my whole life since I was three. And it's like my love for it is like, I love being on set. I love like, you know, being with your, your friends every day and like creating families with every like project that you do. 
But the hardest part is waiting for your next job. Mm. And it's different. It's like a different thing that, you know, my husband's a musician. So it's like if he misses music, he can pick up a guitar and play it. With acting, you really can't just like, you know, except for going into acting classes, which is what I did. Because it's like in that time off, it's like you don't get to use something that you have that you're like, oh, I just want to like get to the next project. And I just remember saying to him, like, I really feel like I need to be doing more because I'm creative and I feel like I'm waiting for my next job and it doesn't feel great. And so I think that's when it started to kind of like bubble up. And so I started looking into doing things like blogs and I was just trying to really express myself in different ways. And then about five years ago, I had a like makeup line and it was with a partner and I had all these high hopes for this makeup line. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to take this over. I'm going to get an investor. I'm going to create this company. I'm going to be CEO because social media makes it look so easy to do that. So glamorized. (laughs) It's so glamorized. And it was just like red flags from the start. I should not have done it, but I did get an investment. And so that was like the pressure was on. And it really was by far the hardest thing I've ever done. Like I was really by myself. I could not get my team together. I learned like just that year was like business school for me. Mm -hmm. Like I learned everything about Shopify. I was putting in my own discount codes while I was in a makeup for a Netflix show I was doing. Like I was just trying to juggle like way too many things. And that's like, by the way, like just zooming in on that for a sec, like that's insane because when you are in year one of business, it is like you are grinding yourself to the ground as it is. Yeah. And then add in a Netflix. I didn't have time to like have lunch. I know. (laughs) I was like, what am I doing? And it was just one of those things like that. That moment when I was in the makeup chair was a kind of like it was a breaking moment. It was at that point. It had been a year of me trying to do this. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like everyone around me was like, are you okay? Like this is not. And I had so much anxiety. I also was like going through, I'd realized I suffered from anxiety and depression. And so it was basically a lot of the stress of taking over that company that caused it to like come to light. So like, was it when all of this was happening that you were like, wait, 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 like I'm in a really bad headspace or had you experienced symptoms of it in the past? And then it just kind of like bubbled up and really manifested as you were going through this time. I think I've always have had anxiety and it has manifested in different ways. Like I would have panic attacks before a performance or, you know, like little anxiety attacks, but like didn't know that that's what I was suffering from because no one around me, like on my team was like, hey, you are dealing with anxiety and this is a panic attack. Like people were like saying I was hyperventilating and I was just needing to breathe. And so I really had no idea what I was suffering from. Uh But I think the pressure of taking over a company and getting an investment was the stress of that just kind of like put me in another zone. And so that was when it really like really affected me. And I knew I was dealing with something that I needed to figure out. I thought there was like something going on like health wise. So I was like getting an MRI and like seeing all these doctors and everybody was like, this is just anxiety. And I was like, no, 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 there's something wrong. There's like this feeling inside me. And anyway, so it turned out to be anxiety. (laughs) And I realized that I was having insomnia. I was it was the worst thing ever. And I realized I was just failing miserably at what I was trying to do. And so I knew I had to shut it down because it was just like at this point I was now on a Netflix show and I was going into a CBS show like right away. So 
I was like, there's just no way I have to shut this down. And so I did. But it's really amazing how just like in that moment, I was like, that's it. Like, I'm done with products. Like, I'm never doing this again. And my really my big goal was to have that product in Target. And I just felt like that was like, oh, that was just a dream that just died in that moment. And it's really wild how that whole situation prepped me for what I'm doing now. Like, honestly, I met with like all these like Western and Eastern practitioners and they taught me how living a cleaner lifestyle was better for my mental health. They taught me so many different things. And so Frenchie, my blog, was basically me being re-inspired to be creative and to not do products. It was really like the after effect of that whole situation being like, well, I just learned so much. And it was all through mental health. And so maybe I should start a blog that I could ex- tell my experiences, you know, through all of these different, you know, even just plastic surgery and like the negatives of that and just everything that I had hadn't really shared with everyone because I and also I think having control of that narrative yourself yeah because like as I think someone who's a public figure like if you go and talk about something you know to the media like who knows like if someone just pulls a line out of context and just like clickbait yeah I know that is always the fear is like it's a line that you balance. And even with social media, I was really good at being like showing people my life, but not too much of my life Mm. because I like to be private still. And Frenchie was really the first time I was going to be like really open and vulnerable. And so it took me a couple years. Like I remember hiking a lot with my husband and being like, I have this idea and I want to share my experiences with people and I want to share like what I've been through. And so I think it took that much time for me to start to be like, okay, I'm going to be like really open and I'm going to be vulnerable and share all these things. And so it was really, really amazing that Frenchie was just like me wanting to connect with people based off my experience of like what I had just gone through, especially with my mental health. And then being Frenchie came out of that. And it was like, how wild was it that my journey to see me go through something that was really hard and difficult and like something I failed at and then to see what exactly that something's actually even more authentic to who I am and have that actually in target. And so it was just like wild and so full circle and so beautiful and, you know, but obviously hard work at the same time. When I first moved to LA, one of the things that I had such an issue with was water. And I know this sounds crazy, but I hate the taste of LA tap water. And when I did my research, I found out that the quality of tap water in LA is just not the vibe. I come from Toronto where our tap water is really, really high quality. And moving to LA, I just, I needed something that was going to solve that problem for me. And I'm someone who drinks a lot of water and I started to notice myself not drinking as much water because not only did I dislike the taste of tap water in LA, but also the quality of it was not it. So I am really excited that AquaTrue is a partner on the podcast because I got it. And AquaTrue purifies using a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process and their countertop purifiers work with no insulation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. 
They have water purifiers to fit every type of home from insulation-free countertop purifiers to higher capacity under the sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. Its proprietary purification technology is independently tested and certified to NSF standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs, known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. It's the same technology used by all the major bottled water brands, and now it's available for your home and without plastic waste. This filter was so easy to set up. It's not too bulky, so it doesn't take up a whole lot of counter space. And my my whole thing was it has to be easy because otherwise I'm not going to set it up. So I am extremely impressed by them. In addition to drinking water, you can also use it for your coffee, tea, and all of your cooking needs from boiling pasta or veggies to making stocks and soups. Also, fun fact, Nish refuses to let me use tap water for our coffee machine. He's like, no, it doesn't taste as good. So we use filtered water for a coffee machine as well. <laughs> AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners received 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code DREAMBIGGER at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use code DREAMBIGGER. Enjoy. We all know that the holidays, while they're amazing and so much fun, are also an insane time. The amount of social obligations that everyone has is crazy. And in between it all, it can feel actually really daunting to make healthy meals and just like nourish your body, which at the same time, even though it is overwhelming, is really important if you're wanting to feel your best. So I'm really excited to partner with Green Chef, which is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more well-balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preference. They are the number one meal kit for eating clean, and they let you take the work out of eating clean this holiday season with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring fresh ingredients with nothing artificial. So you can choose from recipes featuring clean proteins like turkey and sockeye salmon, barramundi, tilapia, scallops, and shrimp, certified whole organic fruits and vegetables and eggs, and plenty of other whole grain options. You can nourish your body all holiday long with flavorful meals with clean ingredients, and you can choose from 80-plus weekly options that change every week featuring delicious, nutritionist-approved recipes. You can mix and match meals to meet your lifestyle needs, including their preferences, quick and easy, protein-packed, calorie-smart, Mediterranean, keto, gluten-free, and plant-based. If you're looking to stock up on functional snacks and clean beverages to energize through the end of the year, you can shop their green bundles, which are now available at Green Market, your one-stop shop for nutritious grab-and-go breakfasts, including vegan options. Brunch kits, wholesome lunches, ready-to-eat snacks, veggie sides so that you can easily add onto your weekly order. This is honestly like the best kind of no-brainer option if you're struggling to figure out what you want to cook during the holidays, figure out what the recipes are, how to grocery shop. This is just easy peasy. And for me, when I'm struggling, I feel like ease and convenience is everything. So Go to greenchef.com slash 60dreambigger and use code 60dreambigger to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Again, you're going to go to greenchef.com slash 60dreambigger and use code 60dreambigger to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. 
this is an insane offer. I honestly can't even believe that they're giving it to you guys, but 60% off is major. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Enjoy, guys. Hi, I'm Mari Llewellyn, and I'm the host of the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. A couple of years ago, I went through a huge transformation. And although I got a lot of attention for losing weight and discovering my passion for weightlifting, there was a lot more to that before and after than what a few pics could ever capture. On the Pursuit of Wellness, you can expect tons of information from experts about optimizing your body and mind. I'll also be sharing some triumphs and struggles from my own personal life. I'm on this journey with you, so you can definitely count on my podcast to give you that weekly dose of encouragement we all need as we pursue things that make us feel our very best inside and out. Tune into the Pursuit of Wellness every week wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, you talking about the fact that you failed at something and then you kind of like picked yourself back up Mm -hmm. and started something again. I think that number one, when it takes a lot of courage to realize that this isn't working Mm -hmm. and it's okay to shut this down and figure out how I'm going to pivot. What was your thought process there? And also what advice would you give to other young, like, you know, first time founders who are maybe like you know, failing at something and what what tips would you give them there? I would say that, you know, my thought process was I remember Googling like celebrities who have failed at something because I was so scared to openly shut something down and be like, this didn't work out. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of pressure just being a public figure and and, you know, all these kind of like makeup lines had taken off and I was just like, dang, I didn't I didn't do it. So my thought process was like I cried and I was pretty bummed and I really was just like I had to choose myself and my and my health, to be honest, over just I, I you just know when something's not right. Like when those red flags and like it felt like every single time I tried something, I was hitting a wall. So it's like you just know when something is just like energetically not meant for you. What were the early red flags that you noticed or like when you kind of like look back, were there things that you're like? damn, like if I'd known that today, then like maybe I wouldn't proceed further. Yeah, I would say probably when I was going to get an investment, Uh I was like, okay, well, if, you know, at first it was like, obviously a lot of people were interested. And so I was just like, okay, this is great. But then when it started to get into like the real nitty gritty, it was like there was one investor and I was like, hmm, that's, you know, that's weird. And I don't know if that's like, you know, if that's a good sign, like there should be hopefully like a couple people that are like excited. And I would say that like probably redoing my deck 25 times was a good (laughs) indication that like, yes, you're going to obviously redo your pitch deck all the time. But there is like when you meet with so many different people and it feels like it's like just a small percentage is excited, it feels like a little bit like, okay, there should be, I just had no one guiding me. And that was another thing. It's like, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have someone helping me like guide the ship. It was like me just out on my own. And I think like me trying to put a team together and not having that come through. Those are like early signs. Like maybe this is not the right thing to do. But I had already bought, you know, my like trademark. So I was like really wanting to like go for it. And I think that in those moments, it is just, you know, when you know and you've tried so hard for a year, you're like, 
this is not this is not right. Like if I'm the only one doing the Shopify <laughs> discount codes, you're like, this is probably not going to do any good and it's not going to get better from here. So I think it's just in those moments, you just have to recognize it and you have to like accept it and you just have to know to move on. And I don't think I was like, okay, I'm going to move on and start something new. Like mm. I was really down. I was like, I'm never touching products again. Like I'm not selling anything anymore. Like this is the worst thing. But I think that it really is just how you get back up and to be creative in another area of like, you know, for me, the blog was just like really nice because there was no pressure. It was like not selling products. It was really just about connecting with people. And I think that is something that, you know, it just like you can be creative in that. And that just like obviously catapulted me to the next thing, which was creating a product line. And obviously I was so scared before it came out and I had fear and I was like, you know, just scared of like obviously what I'd been through. But you just have to let go. I think the biggest thing is letting go. You know, there's that saying, what is it that like failure is redirection sometimes? And I feel like this is such a good example of that. Yeah. And I think that when people are down, right, and they feel like, oh, like, I'm just like, this is just not working out the way that it's meant to. I don't even think like, I think a lot of the times it's a numbers game. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, how many times are you going to get back up after having had something go wrong? Like, that's true grit to me. Yeah. You know? And like, I think something that I've noticed about founders and successful founders over and over again isn't that they hit the idea the first time you yeah. know it was that they had the grit to keep at it over and over again and like the courage to get back up whenever yeah. they like fall down because everyone fails you know yeah for sure and I also think something that was really interesting was the it's kind of like when I met my husband, I was like, oh, my gosh, like you've been told that in relationships, it's like super hard work. And mm. so I remember being with like exes being like, this is really difficult, but this is what they say. And it's like it really shouldn't be that difficult. Like yeah. there's going to be like hard times, but it shouldn't be that difficult. And I yeah. think that the experience of being Frenchy, mm -hmm. even like right before we were like pitching Target it was like such a flow that was like, oh, it was right. it's right. And this is, it had so many signs that this was like the correct path to be on. And I think that when it's like, yes, it's hard work and yes, it's exhausting. And being a founder is not the easiest thing in the entire world, but there should be a flow that you're like, oh, okay, this is different. You and know? I think the flow should be one where you you have full conviction that this is going to work and that, like, yeah. you know, you have other people who also believe in the idea. But like, I don't know, like you have this like very clear idea and like the flow kind of takes you there, you yeah. know, where like, of course, like every single day there's things that go wrong, but that's just how it is, you yes, know, but like yeah. nothing major that'll like shake nothing up your confidence. Nothing is like where you're hitting a wall, exactly. like how I experienced. And that's yeah. what I did know what was so different about this when I was starting it. And I was like, had some feelings being like, mm, I think this is going to be different because it just was like, it just felt better. And it was just also, I remember having a moment, I was like in the shower and I was like, dang, like, I feel like my life has really just gotten me ready for this moment because like candles have been such a huge part of my life for years. Candles like mm. are like, I mean, I've always, I think for, I didn't realize for my mental health, but like lighting a candle and opening a window and doors, like I love that on like a weekend, it feels so nice. And it's just like, my whole line is based off of fragrance. And so it's just like, and all of the fragrances are inspired by my candles. So it was just like, wow, like my life was guiding me to this moment. And so you just like know when you're 
on the right path and doing the right thing. Yeah, I think you know when it's like it's aligned. Yeah. It just makes sense. I feel like it's like a little bit easier when that's, yes, that's the yeah. case. Talk to me about, you know, you like after, you know, all of this had happened with the old beauty brand, then you started your blog and then you started product again with being Frenchy. Mm-hmm. What was that process like? Like, were you nervous going into it? And what made you even decide to go from the blog to product again? I think it was just connecting with my audience. And obviously, we're all home at the time. And so, you know, for me, I'm not used to being home. And someone with anxiety does not like to just be in one place all the time. So I had to create rituals for myself in those moments to kind of feel really present and grounded, like being home. And so... I think it was just like, okay, sharing with like, you know, my audience who when I opened up and talked about like my mental health, it was just like a whole it was just an amazing kind of support system. And a lot of people would share, you know, what they have gone through on DMs with me. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's not. That's why I wanted to be open about, you know, struggling with mental health was like I felt I wanted people to feel less alone. And so it was so beautiful to just see people like connecting with me on that. And I think I just realized that, you know, what my rituals were, I could maybe like help others. And I was like, oh, I I can't, I can't no longer like kind of go out to make myself feel better. I can't go to a spa because like we're home. I can't do these things that make me feel relaxed. So I had to really do that at home and create those kind of spa-like experiences. And I love baths. And so, and aromatherapy is like one of my favorites as well. So it was just kind of like, those were the first, you know, ideas. And obviously me lighting candles and the whole like, you know, I knew if I had a bad sleep, like the energy just changes when you open a window. And so those were the first kind of ideas. And when I was doing the product line, it was really just, you know, wanting to create like a full body care line to think about ourselves. I feel like for me, I'm someone who I love the idea, especially like being a busy mom or, you know, just even for like a student that's like really stressed out. The fact that this line like makes you think about yourself and to take a moment for yourself and breathe in is just something that's really beautiful. So I wanted to create something that's like let's not forget about, you know, like even just like certain body parts, you know, like I feel I'm someone who after I had the baby, like I stopped moisturizing my stomach as much because, you know, you do it because you're like, I don't want stretch marks. Mm -hmm. But then it was such a beautiful ritual that I would do when I was pregnant. And I was like, I should be giving love to like my stomach. Like, yes, it's not perfect anymore, but that's okay. And like, it's really being Frenchy is just like, whether you want like a five minute mood boost, because it has mood boosting scent technology in it, or if you want like a 30 minute, like full on spa bath, like the whole idea is that we take in this mood boosting scent technology and put it into your everyday products. So Mm -hmm. you no longer have to like grab for something extra, like it's built into your to your everyday products. I love that. It's, uh, yeah, like it's it's a very strong through line. Yeah. There are a few supplements which are absolute non-negotiables in my supplement routine. And a probiotic has been one such thing for years now. The gut is really the epicenter for so much, which includes everything from our immune system to vaginal health. It's actually insane how much the gut dictates. And so when it comes to a probiotic, I look for something very high quality, which I'm happy to say just thrive probiotics are exactly that. 
I met the co-founder of Thrive Health, Tina Anderson, in Dear Media IRL this past May. And I started trying her probiotics since then. And I have to say, after looking into the research myself, I've been so impressed with this product that not only have I integrated it into my own routine, but I actually had Tina on the podcast to talk about all things probiotics. While I've been traveling, I've been taking Just Thrive every single day because I need to protect my immune system. So here's the thing. 80 to 90% of Americans suffer from some gut issue, from gas to bloating, diarrhea, constipation. Honestly, the list goes on. And according to research, 99.9% of the probiotics on the market die in your naturally harsh stomach acid before they even get to where they're needed. And even the refrigerated ones are like this. So how can a probiotic survive our 98 degree bodies if they can't even withstand room temperature? The great thing is that with the Just Thrive probiotic, their proprietary strains have been third-party clinically tested and proven to arrive 100% alive in your gut. They are the only brand with the patented strain HU36TM, which produces antioxidants in the gut. They've been proven in clinical trials to start to address leaky gut in just 30 days. Just Thrive products have more clinical research than any other pro products on the market and have a thousand times better survivability versus yogurt and leading probiotics since most die on the trip to the gut. If you're ready to take control of your constipation, bloat and stress and live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Thrive probiotic today. Visit justthrivehealth.com and use promo code DREAMBIGGER. While you're there, check out all their other clinically backed products. Take control today with Just Thrive. So the other day when our team came over, I sent everyone carrot cake and everyone loved it. And I did not bake that carrot cake. Well, not completely. I baked it, but it was from a baking mix. And you guys, this baking mix is unbelievable. So it's a brand called Stellar Eats. And I am so, so excited that they are a partner on the podcast because I can tell you that these baking mixes are incredible. And the best thing is they're all gluten-free, paleo-friendly, and naturally sweetened with coconut and date sugar. So it's actually really good for you and has incredible ingredients. It tastes unbelievable. When I made the carrot cake one, I gave it to Nish and he was like, what is this? This is so, so good. He couldn't even tell the fact that it was like grain-free and gluten-free and all of these things that, you know, typically it kind of compromises on taste unless you find the right recipe. So normally I'm on the internet scouring the right recipes or like kind of developing it myself. And this has made things so easy because essentially I just it takes five minutes to bake because I use the mix. And then you add in things like butter, or avocado oil, some almond milk and some eggs. And that's basically it. It just goes into the oven and it is absolutely delicious. Stellar Eats was started by three women who were frustrated with diet culture and how healthy eating is made all about how you look, not about how you feel or about how the food tastes. So they're on a mission to change the way wellness brands speak to consumers with their brand. This whole story resonates so much with me and also Stellar Eats is a Canadian brand. And as a Canadian founder myself, I am constantly excited to discover other Canadian brands who are doing awesome things. So I am so impressed with this brand. Like I, I can't stop talking about it. I tell everyone about it and you guys need to try it. So you're going to visit StellarEats.com and use code DREAMBIGGER at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's S-T-E. L-L-A-R-E-A-T-S 
com and use code DREAMBIGGER for 20% off your first order. Seller Eats is also available at Whole Foods stores nationwide. Enjoy. Something that you said about building your blog was the fact that you really wanted to connect to your community. And Mm -hmm. something that you said earlier on, like right when we started, was the fact that when you were on set, something you really liked was connecting with other people and that element. Yeah. Do you feel like being at home, like during the pandemic, where you weren't kind of working as an actor and like you were missing that element, do you feel like having a blog kind of filled that for you? Well, yeah, I think that it was just like I wanted to... I think in my life, I was obviously yearning for connection because it it is I'm someone who I can be an introvert and extrovert. Like I can I love to be like at home with my husband and stuff and my daughter. But then I could also like love to have a good party. You know, like it's like I I'm kind of both. And I think that being home, I was just like, dang, like we we are not really able to see our friends and you know, we were like really quarantined because I, I did get pregnant. So I was trying to be like really safe. My mm-hmm. husband has type 1 diabetes. So we were really kind of like isolated for a while. And I think the blog really was just like, yeah, it was a way to connect with people on things that I'd gone through. You know, I had I had launched the blog talking about my explant of my implants and no one even knew I had them. But I had struggled with like this breast implant illness, I think. And so I wanted to describe what those symptoms were. And then a lot of it was, you know, Frenchie was really about self-love and my journey to self-love, you know. And I think that that was something I wanted to share with people. And then I think having people just on Instagram be able to comment and like DM me, it was just, yeah, it was a way to connect on a deeper and meaningful level than I've ever done before. I also think that when someone is a public figure, you kind of have this perception that they're like, I don't know, like that they're not going through like the regular human things that yeah. people go through and like seeing someone open up about that. I, I don't know. It just it humanizes you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think it's like I think that's really why Symptoms, my album I had done when I was struggling the most with the mental health was a way for me to really share that. And I remember a lot of people weren't talking about having anxiety, like no one talked about it, but I had lost someone to depression. And I just Mm -hmm. knew, I remember when we were recording too, it was like someone else had passed away from suicide. And I was just like, man, I need to talk about mental health because I struggle with it. And like, we just need to talk about it more. Like there was just too much stigma around, especially depression. And most likely if you are struggling with anxiety, you do struggle with depression. They coincide with each other. And so I really wanted to share what helped me. And I wanted to make sure people just felt less alone because it's like when we are alone and thinking that we're the only ones that are suffering from Mm. that is when we feel like we can't really reach out. And a lot of the time, the people that are the scariest are the ones that you don't even notice or know that they're going through it. And so really for me, I was just like, we just need to start talking about this. And now people talk about all the time, which is so great because it really has like, I mean, at this point too, what we've all been through, everyone has gone through some sort of anxiety at some point in the last couple of years. So I just am like glad that people are able to talk about it and not feel so kind of scared to to talk about how they might suffer from it. And so, yeah, I feel like for me, it was just something that 
I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to kind of connect with people on, you know. Were you nervous to open up like this part of your life? Because, you know, I can only imagine that you present a certain way or like, you know, you're perceived a certain way. And then all of a sudden you come out and you actually like talk about the fact that you're like a human yes, being going yeah. through like human shit. You know? Yeah, I think that I definitely was really nervous. I think that music really saved me and helped me in that because doing symptoms, it was you know, something that I'd learned, had read this book called Attacking Anxiety and Depression. And it's like an old school book, but it really helped me because each chapter was a symptom I was experiencing. And a makeup artist on set was like, you, this is what you're struggling with and you need to try this book. And she was like, it helped me. I, I used to have panic attacks and I haven't had one since I was 14. So I was just like, whatever I got to do. And a lot of that book was saying how like, let's take the seriousness out of it. Yes, it is serious. And yes, it's like something we struggle with. But like, let's also kind of like not take it so seriously to where we just feel like, I don't know, I think it's more just like trying to have a little bit more fun with it and feel like this is what we have. Like we struggle with this sometimes, you know? And so I felt with symptoms, it was really a way for me to take all those scary symptoms that I was experiencing and making kind of like light of it in some way. Like insomnia Mm -hmm. is on there and insomnia is really about how I can't, you know, sleep because I can't stop thinking about a guy, you know? So I was like, this is like more having fun with like what I have obviously gone through because obviously going through it is is not fun and it is serious but to create something beautiful out of it was really awesome and so i feel like that really helped me and i just think that there was pressure of feeling like okay people know me as a character and they you know what if i let people down when i share this but i think at that point you know, I'm a really strong person. And I think at that point I was like, there's just, I have to, like, I just had this thing in me that was like, I have to talk about this. It just mattered too much. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was scared, but I was like ready to, to talk about it. It does take me a process. I think, you know, for me, I'm like, like I said, I, I am private yeah. and there's things about my life that people, you know, will not ever know, mm-hmm. but it takes me, you know, some time to where I'm like, okay, now I can speak about this moment. Like, I'll never speak about it on Instagram as I'm going through it. Yeah, I think you have to be able to process what you're going through in order to come out the other side yeah. and be like, okay, like, this is what I went through, you know? Like, yeah. it's, I, I just think that that's kind of part of it. <laughs> yeah. And I've always really believed, like, you know, growing up in the business, I just always knew, like, when people would ask me questions like, oh, who is your idol? And I'm like, I, I don't have one or like, who's your icon? And it's like, I don't like, I really like, you know, for me, I look up to like my mom or I I always knew like, we are all human. You know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, to, it's hard because sometimes we put people, especially celebrities on a pedestal and be like, they're like so perfect. And then when we find out they're human, we're like, dang, <laughs> you know, like, but we are all human. And so I kind of always knew that. And so I think that, you know, it's, it's nice for people to, I think, I don't know. To me, I'm like, I feel when I learned this kind of more darker, I would I call it kind of like, you know, it is a darker aspect of me. Mm-hmm. But I think that is like the stuff that makes us beautiful because being kind of like that, 
you know, what people might have perceived me as this kind of positive fairy. That's just like, I know I had friends being like, you're just so positive and you're just such a fairy. And it's like, that's just like one tone. Like oh, yeah. learning about all these different things about us, I think is like what Gives makes you more us dimension. beautiful. Yeah, yep. I agree. Talk to me about navigating motherhood. Like, what was that like? Because I feel like as you're describing like the last few years, What's happening? <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> it's it's a lot, to be honest. It's not the easiest thing ever. No one prepares you for it, that's for sure. It's amazing. Like, I'm obsessed with my daughter, but it is really hard sometimes because it is just, you know, especially as women, like, we go through so much, like, having being pregnant and then, you know, the hormones like leveling out. Like it took me two years for my hormones to go back to normal. So like, I think I definitely dealt with postpartum depression and had no idea. I mean, I definitely had anxiety. So I knew I was going through stuff hormonally, but it was just, it's beautiful and the hardest thing at the same time. It's what they always say. It's like the best thing, but also just one of the hardest things I've ever done because it's hard. How do you balance a kid with a business? Because I like I'm like Ray is my child right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's I don't even know how I threw a child into the mix. Well, right I now. had basically like two babies at the same time. Yeah. Like I was pregnant Twins. developing the line <laughs> and literally launched the line as I had my baby. So it was like it was wild. I would say I still don't know how to balance it. I will constantly have mom guilt, you know, when I'm working. But I think since she started going to school, it's made me feel a little bit better. Mm. I'm like, oh, she's with her friend. She's at school. And so when she's at school, I feel like I don't feel guilty at all type of thing with work. But I really just try to include her in everything. If I'm traveling to New York, like I bring her to New York, like I am someone who that has been the hardest part of it, to be honest, is, is the balance. But it happened. You know, you you do it and you figure it out. And there's going to be weeks where I'm like, I am the best mom ever. And then there's going to be weeks where I'm like, man, I have just been working nonstop. And it's like, you know, but my husband is really helpful because he balances that out. So for us, we are really we care about being super present in her life. So obviously we have a nanny, but it's like really for us, like I get to have every morning I'm with her in the morning and I get her ready and like we play and we breakfast and then it's like, okay, then I'll go to work and she goes to school. So it really is just like a balancing act, but I don't think you'll ever like really figure it out, but it's kind of the fun of it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's what I hear. What advice would you give to yourself in like six, like first six months of motherhood? Like if you could go back in time, like having gone through everything you've gone through? I would probably just say be patient with yourself. You know, there's just like a lot that you go through. And especially when you're a new mom, you're just like trying to, you're hoping that you're doing everything right. But then on top of that, you're dealing with your hormones. And I think that you really just need to be patient with yourself and know that, you know, you're doing a great job. Like, and I think that was like, for me, I always was like, oh my God, am I doing good at this? Like, am I, am I good at this? Maybe I'm not good at this. And it was just like, no, it's just like, you just know, and you have it in you. And to be honest, like being pregnant, one of the things that changed about me was that I think before I would be kind of indecisive or like really second guess my opinion on stuff. And I just became like, there was something that really like, I was like, no, this is the right decision. And like, I became very confident in my decisions. And I think that is something that I'm so grateful that Jupiter brought to me is that like, 
I don't know, like I love being pregnant with her. I was like, gosh, like I was started to have an interior design side of me come out Mm -hmm. that I've never really like, you know, seen before. And so I just think she just makes everything so much more fun and better. And I love sharing like everything that I'm doing with her. So it's it's just gives you so much, I don't know, meaning to life, I think. I love that. What has been the most fun or like yeah, like fun or gratifying experience that you've had as a founder that you've been like, damn, like I went through all of this, but like, this is cool, you know? (laughs) I mean, I would have to say like the first thing for me was like seeing the product line at Target because knowing my journey and knowing what had happened to where I thought I would never have a line at Target and to see the products for the first time, I was like crying because to me, that was that was it. That was the success. I was like, I don't even know. I don't even care what this does. This is successful right here. You know, like this, I did it. I freaking did it. But then to see people love it so much and, you know, to set goals and then to see those goals be reached, you're like, wow, like this is crazy. Like it just has been so awesome. And to see like TikToks where people are like loving the products, like specifically this, you know, product, the magnesium, the body serum stick, it has just been wild how many people, like I have friends that reach out to me. I have friends of friends that reach out being like, we can't get the serum stick at Target. Please tell me when it's coming back out. Like, cause it sells out so fast. And I'm like, wow, like it really is just like so many people love this. Like I hear people like don't go to sleep without it. And I'm that way with my products because I literally created this soothing body serum stick with magnesium because one of the symptoms I had when I was like the most anxious was kind of like a, it was more of a symptom like inside of shaking Mm -hmm. and I have TMJ, but it was like in my neck. And so I would use magnesium spray. But the thing is magnesium spray burns your hands. So then you have to like get up out of bed and wash your hands. And so with this soothing body serum stick, it has the magnesium in it that you just roll it on. And so I roll it on like my jawline and my neck at night. And so it's like, I love it. But to hear like so many people reaching out and loving it, it just is like such a good feeling. You know, you're like, dang, this is working and people love it. It's the best part of being a founder. Yeah. You know, like anytime I see like a message or like someone I know who's like, oh my God, wait, you're the founder of Array? Like if that comes and it's like they didn't make that connection, I'm like, wait, how'd you know Array? Yeah. It's so cool. (laughs) It's so awesome. It's like, it's really, because you just don't know when you're developing it. You're like, I don't know if anyone's going to use this or like it. And then to just see people like loving it. It's just, it it makes it so great. It's the best. It makes all the crazy hard work, you know, worth it, worth it for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to take some time to answer a few audience questions. Yeah. So the first one is what is the most challenging part of your new career in interior design? Oh, I would (laughs) say that one would probably be just working with clients. (laughs) It is definitely difficult because, you know, for me with interior design, I'm so used to doing it for myself Mm. and not really having like another person to kind of approve things by. And when you're working with clients, like they have their specific vision and you have your vision and you're trying to marry the two visions. And I also treat the house like its own vision. So I'm someone who like will interior design to a house because there's something about it when I walk into homes that I'm like, ooh, like, 
like this should be this way. And I kind of like have like a style for it. So it is kind of like marrying all those visions together. And I also am not like used to, I'm used to being the boss. And when you're an interior designer and you have a client, you're not the boss, like they're the boss, you know? So it's like very different to be on that side of things, but it's a really cool like learning experience. It has definitely been something that I've I've learned a lot, like, doing it for others now. How did it even get, like, how was that idea even spurred on? Like, why interior design? So my dad's a contractor, and so Mm -hmm. I've just grown up around, obviously, like, seeing him do things. But I... My first home was built from the ground up with my dad, and I worked with interior designers. I've worked I've worked with Jake Arnold and Pearson Ward, and I think working with them, I started to realize I've always had a very strong opinion, and so I was like, wow, you know, I kind of wanted to try doing it for myself because even though I loved working with them, there was something that I was like, man, I wish it had this more, like, I wish it felt more like me a little bit. Mm. And so I started to do like inch my way into it. I I did my kitchen renovation with my dad and and I was like, here I go, I'm going to try this. And it came out amazing. And I was like, gosh, this is really nice. And so then during the pandemic, someone who had bought a prior house of mine because I've weirdly flipped homes over the years. I've I've lived in many homes over the couple of years that we've been, my husband and I were like, my husband's like, please stop moving. <laughs> but one of the girls was like, I really want to redo the kitchen in this house. I'm like, oh, I would love, like, I always wanted to do this. And she's like, that's exactly what I want to do. And so during the pandemic, as I was developing being Frenchie, I actually did her kitchen. And so I started to kind of like really start to see that I could do this for others. And it was my dad's, client son that recently got his first house that hired me. And so that's what I've been working on the last, um, like, I would say like 10 months. But I also weirdly had met through my daughter, I had met a girl who is, she does interior design, like she went to college for it. So Mm -hmm. it was so perfect that a mom friend of mine would be my assistant. And so we do it together. And so it's really fun. That's really cute. Okay, next question that I have is, do you have any advice for aspiring interior designers? Hmm, any advice? I mean, I feel like probably... I would say, like, I'm a humongous fan of Pinterest. Every every interior designer is. And I think that I find so much inspo on Pinterest. And I also feel like advice just... there's. I mean, there's so many things that you can touch on with interior design. But I feel like one of the things is just, like, really trusting yourself. And I, I think for me, it's been something where, you know, especially working with clients... They have, you know, a hard time sometimes trusting that, you know, how it's going to come out. And I think you always just have to, like, trust yourself and trust the process and have your clients trust the process because it was like, I feel as you're doing it, if you're second guessing yourself, you're going to, like, I think spiral into being like, oh, my God, it's not right. When really it was like right from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like trust the ideas that you have. And I think when you see the outcome, you're like, dang, I did a good job. Love that. What are your tips around mindful parenting? Tips around mindful parenting. I think it's just really, you know, for me, we really teach Jupiter about taking a breath, you know, when she's feeling any sort of frustration. And it's really awesome because obviously, like, breathing is like for anxiety is like so good. And meditation, like me and my husband are are very much into meditation. And so... When she's feeling like really frustrated or upset, we're just like, 
you know, take a breath, count to three. And it's so cute to see her tell like my her cousin that she's like it's okay take a breath and it's like so cute if they're if her cousin's younger and she's six months old and she's crying she's like just take a breath take a breath and it's really cute to see her give that to others and so it really is like I think you know you always just really want to acknowledge how they feel you know and not put them down for how they feel I mean they're experiencing so much for the first time and so it's it's important that we acknowledge their feelings I really love that, like that you say that because I don't know, like I think sometimes parents are like adults. Like I remember when I was a kid, you know, like you'd kind of just like you felt like you'd be like it was just like a, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. It, like just kind of like, well, sh- my parents never taught me about my feelings. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that's something that we do teach Jupiter is like we have a book and it's like basically the monster parade and there's like the angry monster, the sad monster, the anxious, fearful monster. And it's like really good because then she learns and even Inside Out, that movie, we've Mm -hmm. had her watch that and she like understands joy and she understands like, you know, anger. And so when she feels frustrated, she knows it's just a feeling that can pass. She just needs to breathe through it. And I think that's important for us to teach our kids. It's actually even applicable to adults. Like something I learned later on in life, like a few years ago, was to like give your fear a name so I have like an actual name so like I'm like a big Harry Potter fan oh my god that's amazing and I call like whenever I'm like fearful or anxious like that like about just like an outcome that's like not materialized yet I call it Umbridge because she was like the worst character and so so I'm like oh no this is just Umbridge showing up again you know and I feel like it's really helped yeah because it really just like makes you realize like not to attach to the feeling too much Exactly. Yeah. So not just for kids. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Did you find it challenging to make the transition from being an actor to a brand founder? I actually don't. I don't I don't know. Like I think that I I was kind of like in a situation where obviously the pandemic happened. I was not acting and I was developing this line. And I think that, you know, for me, I I haven't had the time to do any acting jobs Mm -hmm. because obviously as a founder, this takes up like most of my life. So it's like, you know, and I am involved in like everything down to invitations to influencers or, you know, like I am involved in every aspect of this business. So for me, I just felt like I think I'm still, I think people are still learning that I'm a founder and what I do and, and, and still learning that I am the founder of being Frenchie. And I love that. And I think that it's something for me, I've just really have, obviously committed to 100% over the last couple years. And so I don't know, like I I would say that it just hasn't been a struggle just because it hasn't been an option. Like there wasn't like a time where I was like, do I choose an acting job versus this? I mean, I just really have, this has just been a part of like, I, I guess it's just something that once I started and once I like really got into it, I just felt like I was doing something that was more meaningful. You know, as an actor, I'm like acting out someone else's lines and someone else's vision. And it's fun. Like I said, I've done it for a long time and I'm sure I'll do something, you know, when I get really super inspired to do it. But I think that I feel what I'm doing with being Frenchy and Frenchy is a bit more meaningful. Yeah, that's a great answer. Okay, last question. What has been a favorite experience you've had when you were an actor? My favorite experience... There's so many experiences and like awesome experiences I've been through as an actor. I feel like if I could pick just one, I mean, I feel like probably my favorite experience is weirdly, I would be acting in something that felt like 
I so I didn't go to college mm-hmm. and yet I did a show called Hellcats that was about competitive cheerleading and I felt like being in Vancouver and all of us being there, I felt like that was my college experience. Aww. Like I've almost <laughs> lived life through my projects, even though I haven't been able to experience, like I did experience high school. So high school musical was like, I felt like I was going back to high school for a second time. But even like those three movies, like it was like the first movie, all of us had our parents there with us. And the second movie, we're all like, we got this. Like <laughs> we can do this. We are learning how to wash our clothes. Like we felt like we were also in a college experience. So it's just like, it's, so interesting how your personal life and also your like acting experiences were almost like coinciding at the mm-hmm. same time. So it was it felt like I never really missed out on anything, I guess. I love that. That's a that's really special. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley, this has been awesome. Tell everyone where they can find you. They can find me at Ashley Tisdale on Instagram and at Frenchie as well. I'm on there, too. And yeah. Amazing. Just, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.